Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Written for Palestine, the podcast. Today, we have special guest Aisha, also known as Palipino, across all social media platforms. <laughs> so before we go into the interview and talk about you a little bit, just give us a quick overview of who you are, what you do, all that fun stuff. So I am an 18-year-old spoken word artist from the south of the suburbs of Chicago. And I am uh, I usually talk about um, social justice issues or things that are relatable to the crowd and to the audience. And yeah. So fun fact, the first time I actually met Aisha was at an event at St. Xavier University. She did this spoken word and the title of it is... Uh, How it feels being Asian in a community like mine. And we're actually going to hear it again today. The first time she's done a spoken word in 2021. Oh my God, yeah. So her first spoken word of 2021. And I'm really excited because this was the one that pretty much introduced me to Aisha and the talent that she had. What really stuck out to me during your first spoken word that I listened to was pretty much you were talking about the battle of, like the struggle of being half Filipino, half Palestinian and not feeling like you're enough of either for the community. And I feel like when we first met for the very first shoot, which was about a year ago now, you still talked, you told me about how you're finally starting to come into that comfort zone of yeah. feeling like you belong to both, but you are like, you still struggle sometimes, but not as much as yeah. you used to. I feel like I definitely came a long way in the past year. I remember, I think 2018 was when I did the, or no, not 2018, it was 2019. I think I came a long way uh, regarding that because like, I feel like, like you said, I didn't feel as though I fit in both of them. And I remember that was something that I struggled with a lot. But now it's something that I kind of embrace rather than like kind of feel self-conscious about. But yeah. So pretty much within the poem, you do talk about the struggle. Yeah. But it's more like through your poetry and your spoken word, it's more so using different metaphors and yeah. expressing your feelings. But what did it truly feel like as you growing up, you went to a private Arabic school, yeah. Islamic school, as well as transferring to a public school that had a majority out of population. Yeah. So it must have been a kind of like, not a culture shock to you, but a culture shock to the community as a whole that there was someone that was half Palestinian, half Filipino. Yeah. And it's not something that we usually see. It's not as common as yeah. like your like full Palestinian. Yeah. Like being, I was in a predominantly Palestinian community in a, a school that was all Palestinian. I think that there was like other three like mixed kids besides me and my best friend. And I think it's something that people don't realize is really hard growing up because I was there since preschool all the way up until my junior year. And I always had this feeling of like not fitting in. People always will be like, you know, Either you're not enough, oh, you don't understand because you're not full Palestinian, or, and it's also a thing where I'm, I grew up around Hadab, all Hadab, and I don't, I'm not really that close to my Filipino side, so when people tell you that, it's kind of, it's kind of like, like a shock, because it's like, why am I not, like, a part of you guys when I literally grew up doing the same things as you guys, and, like, I, I am equally both sides, but... It doesn't seem like that to, like, the community when you don't look it, like, you don't look mm-hmm. the part. I think that if I looked more Palestinian, I'd probably be more accepted and I probably wouldn't have gone through more of the stuff that I did struggle with growing up. But, and like Jenna said, like, it's not, like, something that is just, like, oh, just something that I went through. It's something that 
my best friend went through. She's half Mexican, half uh, Palestinian, and she goes through the same thing. I remember people would be like, you guys don't understand because you guys weren't grow- you guys didn't grow up in that type of household when my family is a very, very culture. We have the same rules as every single mm-hmm. Arab family, every Muslim family. And I feel like that's what people kind of struggled with, like understanding. And when I came out with that spoken word, I couldn't wait to, to create a poem about about that specifically being mixed in a predominantly Palestinian community or predominantly anything community when you're like half half. Because yeah, I remember when you introduced it and it was like your first time mm-hmm. speaking that one. It was like you just wrote it. You were like it was your first time yeah. doing it. And I remember like there were some performances. I was like, OK, OK. But then I was like, I saw someone that was half Filipino, half Palestinian that you don't see often. Yeah. It was like between we had you between, say, I think it was like a singer, Arabi singer. And we had Depka right yeah. after you. And it was like something fresh, yeah. like something different, like a voice that you don't hear as commonly within the Palestinian community. Yeah. Like we hear, like we'll speak about like your traditional, like we'll have a Kanafa Janafa debate. We'll have like different Depka debate. Yeah. Like even though like, even though within the community there is, you might not fit in. Cause like, for example, like we went to the same school district after mm-hmm. when you transferred and we were in a predominantly white school. Mm-hmm. And I like, everyone felt pretty much left out. Like, yeah, there's a huge, like the schools we went to, there was a huge out of population, but it was a white prominent, white dominant school. Yeah. And it just, you really feel how, like you love your roots and you love who yeah. you are and you love your culture and you love everything. But it's at the same time, you just feel like I had to fit in still, yeah. even though you're surrounded by all these people, but all these people around you want to fit in as well. Yeah. So you're not letting go of your culture, you're holding on to it, but you're also giving up this front in a sense within a different community to feel like you're not less than. And yeah. I feel like that's a bigger issue within like just the country we live in. It's as minorities, we are not as valued. We are not paid as much. We are not seen as the same as our white counterparts. Yeah. Like even working like with books that are published, it is so hard for me to find books from Palestinian authors, let alone Filipino authors. Yeah. Very, like, before the interview, I even looked for like different books that were based on Philippines or Palestine. Or, And the sad thing is, yes, we're like, in a diverse area, but it's so white dominant and the world we're in is so dominant by white people that we're not seeing ourselves within the media. We're not... Which is weird see- because I feel like we are, we are in such a diverse, like, diverse area. I know we're in the south of the suburbs, but there's a very large Arab community. And it's just weird to think that, like, we haven't been able to... What is it called? Like, we haven't been able to, like, come, to- come together. And not only that, but, like, what is it called? Um, we haven't been able to kind of adapt that's Mm -hmm. what I was trying to say we we haven't been able to adapt and kind of you know bring two worlds together you know we can all live in unity and kind of like embrace each other's cultures and like I know you mentioned like oh like moving from a private school all predominantly Palestinian into uh, a public school that is predominantly white and Arab and I remember it was like when I went to I went to Sandberg when I went to Sandberg I remember thinking like oh my god this is exactly how it feels because there was there was a very large Arab like a population at Sandberg, but I remember just thinking like I feel like this is like 
like when I started school all over mm-hmm. again like when I was at in my uh, in Bridgeview I was like it feels like I have to like prove myself again and I just didn't want to do that so I was kind of a loner and mm-hmm. I had I found my friends and I found my group after a couple months it was also kind of hard because it was my what it was my last year of high school and I was only going to be there for one semester but I feel like it was kind of hard trying to adapt to that as well having to find my group again especially when like I already went through all that and I finally proved myself at my old school. No matter like where you are, you're always fighting to fit in with your community and finding your voice within the community, which I think with spoken word, that's what you found. Like where with me, it was, I found it through opening my own business by like everyone, like literally the first episode of this podcast was called in case you didn't know I'm Palestinian. And that's, a joke that was going around with my friends and I was always like, oh yeah, 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 I'm Palestinian, I'm Palestinian. Like, like I saw pictures of all of them be like, oh, hats. I'm... Mm-hmm. Did you have a hat that said that? I literally have a hat that says, in case you didn't know, I'm Palestinian. And that was actually a design that was that came out, it came out the exact same time when we did the crew next Yeah. And it was just like this big, it's like this big joke between me and my friends where it's, everyone's like, oh, that's your only personality, Trey's your only personality, but it's like, I but found so much it's, it's, within it. Yeah, it's not even, it's not, and I, I know people like, well, my friends will be like, oh my God, like my only personality trait is being half Palestinian, half uh, Filipino, but like at the end of the day, yeah, like it's all jokes and everything, but at the end of the day, it took me a long point to finally embrace it. Mm-hmm. That it's like now that I can finally get myself to embrace it, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Even if it's like, oh, it's your only personality trait, but it's like, it's something that I'm proud of now, you know, and mm-hmm. I wasn't able, I remember coming home from school and complaining to my mom, like, oh my God, like, and I don't speak that good of how to be. And like, my dad is fluent in how to be all my whole family. Like I grew up around them, but I was never taught and I was never spoken to. Cause that's another thing that's really hard about being in a half Palestinian, half Filipino um, household is when like, you know, my dad's not talking to my mom and how to be and my mom's not talking to my dad in Tagalog. And I don't know either of them. So it was never kind of brought up. And I feel like people don't realize that that's like, that's a barrier that you, you end up like having to deal with when you're older. Cause it's like, why don't you speak your language or blah, blah, blah. But people don't realize how hard it is growing up in a household like that. So it's like, you know, it's like, it is it is a very big part of me it is my person part of my personality trait because it was something that I struggled with so, for so long that finally I'm like okay like I'm free from that struggle and like I'm going to I'm going to highlight it all about me and mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that people know that like that is a part of me which I also think goes into I think people just see the surface they're like oh she's just talking about like for example like they seem oh he's just talking about being Palestinian he's talking yeah. about being Palestinian there she's just talking about being half half but I don't think people see the struggle that's behind it. Like, I mean, like I've always talked about like, the Palestinian struggle and I've talked about like the different, the community and I've talked about supporting each other. And I like, for example, like I, any Arab creator I see, no matter like if they're mixed or not, I will, like I have to support, like I have to lift up our community because yeah. I feel like if we don't lift up each other, why are we going to expect the white media to? Yeah. That's why, well. exactly. Like, we need to, not feel like we need to force each other to fit into this like square pretty much like you have to speak perfect Arabic and you need to be full Philistine and you need to be like this and that it was a lot it was really taboo for like like I feel like a lot of Arab now are getting so much like like coverage and they're doing it for themselves I feel like even in quarantine like Jenna and like I know a lot of people like like Fethi and you and like people who are like who we didn't do this before, you Mm -hmm. know? And now it's just like, we 
we created a platform for ourselves and like we made it work because nobody else would you know because yeah. nobody else is going to come out like from from like the hidden and bring us up and build a platform for us so we did it for ourselves and I think that's like that's really important too like especially during quarantine like they grew over social media because it was like we were able to finally see ourselves yeah. within these like platforms like for example like you go on TikTok you see like the biggest TikTokers right now are like Charlie D'Amelio Dixie like yeah white prominently white people that are blown up within the social media and it was it's nice to see that there's our like our own people are yeah. starting to reach like reach that like yeah. no matter like it's not just about feeling like for example like how you're half and half it's not just about like like you had to overcome that struggle of it mm-hmm. but like accepting that there was finally a voice for you yeah and it's like within speak, spoken word i feel like you found your voice and you found your community and you found a platform that's willing to lift you up now yeah. and i feel like because you performed and you actually you won right at massic yeah massicna. at massicna 2019 massicna 2018, 2018 and then it, honestly it started at amp 2018 like that was like the smaller one but that was like that, that was like my first like bigger crowd it was like what like 400 people mm-hmm. and then like a couple months later twenty thousand. but that was like when when it really started AMP yeah. 2018 that kicked it off but and i feel like with those you found like those like it sounds cliche kind of but the little girls that were in the crowd or like even like the boys or anything were able to see like wow i can actually like we all same thing. yeah like we nowadays i feel like we even though we're so focused a lot of us are so focused on school and reaching the goals that were set out and it's, a lot of us come from immigrant parents that wanted a better life or grandparents that wanted a better life for us and they moved to the united states for that and the opportunities mm-hmm. And I feel like it comes down to this pressure of making like making that trip worth it for them. Yeah. And it's but now we're fortunate enough where we're able to do that while also being able to be creative and be able to yeah. express all that and be able to like open it all up there. Yeah. So rather than just being like going to school, getting to school, going to school, yeah. going to work, this and this and this. Finding the better purpose. Yeah, you finally have... Outlet. You have that voice because I feel yeah. like... Something that I feel like also recently has become more at light for our community is like mental health. And I feel like us being able to use our voices and express ourselves to our use through different things like for a private school that i went to that was predominantly palestinian um based and like was muslim um there was like there was people who weren't there was students who weren't even who weren't even palestinian there there's i had pakistani friends and i had black friends who were muslim and it, they weren't celebrated or accepted enough as as they should have been you know because we're we're not just a palestinian school we were a muslim school and i feel like it was kind of like we need to do a better job at kind of bringing them in and you know making them feel welcome as well mm-hmm. but so on that note with going off of like your final like your final words of we have to fit in like not fit into this community but we have to celebrate each other we yeah. need to celebrate our differences our similarities everything that we have and also cherish what makes us different yeah and i feel like within the spoken word that you're about to give us right now you do talk about how important it is for you to finally accept yeah. that you're half and half and how it doesn't change who you are as a person. It just, it's your personality trait. Yeah. Like, that's my person. Like, being Palestinian is my personality trait. I'm yeah. never gonna, 
Like it's, it's not who I am. Personality trait. It just it's a part of you. That exactly. You're celebrating and people, if people call it a personality trait, then so be it. But. Exactly. In case you didn't know, I am Palestinian. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Okay, so that pretty much wraps up the interview today, but I really want to end this off with the spoken word that started it all between us meeting and us getting to this point right now. And everyone, um, give it up for Aisha. Okay. <laughs> so the first time I actually performed this was at I Heart Halal, and then I did it at SXU. And um, so it's called How It Feels Being Asian in a Community Like Mine. And I remember this was my most emotional spoken word because it was something that I was holding in for a really long time. So, how it feels being Asian in a community like mine. How it feels being Asian in a community like mine means Palestinian cannot be traced in my 50% bloodline. Being Asian in a community like mine means I have to be able to toughen up and crawl up the grapevine to prove my identity. I've lost my serenity. I'm tired of all the jokes that you use. Because at the end of the day, you get to go home and have nothing to lose. Another race isn't available to me. And I can only handle words that burn to a certain degree. 16 years and I felt like a stranger in my own community. 16 years and the hole in my heart gets deeper with age. Hesitant through my daily life, but confident on a stage. How it feels being Asian in a community like mine means uncertainty and anxiety slithers up my spine because the community that I love has me praying to the God above to change me, make me Arab enough, make me cultured enough, make me feel like I belong here. And being rejected is what we all fear. Where is the home that I've loved all along? It's time for communities to start making us feel like we belong. How it feels being Asian in a community like mine means laughing at a joke that really hurts, but insisting that you are fine. Mixed babies are so beautiful. I want one of my own, but the mixed babies around you can't help but feel so alone. Mixed babies are what you want until they be they become caught up with both races. One foot stuck between both cultures and lost between both places. Expecting me to speak the language that I look like I speak. Someone hitting a nerve so close to the heart and insisting that it's not that deep. Grab a cup of water and welcome sobriety because in my community all I see is a variety of big big doe eyes that look so Middle Eastern and foreign. I'm a homeless bird who's just flying while everyone else is soaring. You're Palestinian, but you're not actually Palestinian. You're not actually Palestinian, so you don't get to have an opinion. But I'm not actually Palestinian, but I've got the culture. I've got the looks of an islander, but I don't got the culture. I've never been Palestinian enough. You call me Asian with bitterness on your tongue. It's a problem on my behalf. And you accuse me of not wanting to be Palestinian because I'm only half. And half is never enough. But without it, what would I end up being? Imagine having an identity that others aren't actually seeing, not knowing I understood your native tongue spoke so poorly about the way that I love. But my mama knows how to make the same food that your mama cooks. And I can read the same Quran and the same type of books. I grew up dancing till my calves were as strong as steels. Depka pulses through my bones as I click my own heels. And I've been told that I wouldn't understand because I wasn't raised the same. Meaning I'm just another character in your book and a player in your game. I feel in enraged because I've been at home this whole time but I've been told to question if this home was really mine I see what you see and I grew like you grew and the culture embedded in me if only you knew I may never feel at home and like I belong but I want to be able to talk about my heritage and not feel wrong being Asian in my community means battling identity when people make jokes you're supposed to sit there and take it and if it does hurt then you're supposed to sit there and fake it Asian persuasion became foreign alienation, and that just doesn't sit right inside. But I am left left feeling tongue-tied. If there's no place for you, go ahead and make your own. 
for my sisters and brothers who are just like me. Confidence gets you far and sets you free. This burden may always be with you. But remember to love yours and everything you have. Appreciate what you were born with and all of your haves because you were crafted to be exactly who you are. And if you ever feel lost, your identity is not far.